What's going on, all my premature millionaires? Welcome to the Premature Millionaire Show. I'm your host, Dahi Dooley, and today's guest is Kevin O'Leary. For those of you who don't know, Kevin is a shark on Shark Tank. He is nicknamed Mr. Wonderful, and he pulls no punches when giving someone feedback. Today's episode features Kevin discussing what to look out for when investing. Throughout today's clip, Kevin gives some of his top investment tips. One of the tips that stands out to me is investing in stocks that pay dividends. I believe so many people are chasing growth stocks that they end up making bad picks. Dividends are a really good way to keep a passive stream of income. He also hits on a good point of buying stocks with dividend payouts because they provide an instant return opposed to other stocks only returning results when someone else buys it. As usual, the link to the video is in the description. If you like today's episode or the podcast in general, leave us a review wherever you listen and enjoy the show. So, Mr. Wonderful, uh, Shark Tank, let's uh, play a little role reversal here. I'll be the shark and you be, Absolutely, the, I'm you ready. be, the, you be the young man pitching a business. <laughs> uh, tell me about O'Shares. How did it get created? What are the rules behind it? This new ETF business you've launched, uh, getting some buzz. Well, thank you. I, um, it's a solution for me personally, for my family trust. You know, I, I have been a, a big fan of uh, using ETFs, and I, I thought well, it could be in a trust situation, very good. My mandate's very simple. In 97, after I sold the learning company, I created a series of trusts to do a few things within my family. Uh, when I was young, my mother decided to cut me off after I finished education. I didn't believe she would do it, but she did. And she had this little philosophy. She said that the dead bird under the nest is the one that never learned how to fly. And um, I get what she meant now because uh, that's what happened. She said, you gotta go make your own fortune and you know, if you can do it. Uh, so what I've decided is to structure trusts that do this. They basically provide for children from birth the last day of education, and then they get nothing after that. But they all, it also takes care of their issue. When they have children, um, it'll take care of them from birth to the end, end, end of education. So it's gotta be multi-generational. So this trust in 97 was, was structured, so it would be 51% or 50% equity, 50% fixed income. With the equity side, um, I used to use active managers, and this has been around decades now. And what I would find, there's nothing wrong with them, there's some great managers out there, and I've used many, but style drift creeps in. And so I have, from time to time, have to make changes. What happens when I'm gone? That's what I'm worried about, when I'm not here to do that. That's when I started looking at ETFs, because ETFs are rule-based indices. There's no style drift. and so. My covenants are very simple. Um, my trust has to pay out 5%. And I'm telling you this because the creation of O shares was to solve this problem that I'm telling you about. Every year I gotta pay out 5%. I learned years ago, and this is just a fascinating, you know, one of the things in life that it just comes from a unique experience. Um, my mother used to take a third of her paycheck and put it into large cap dividend paying stocks and corporate credit back in the early 60s. And when she died, this portfolio had existed for 50 years. And as an executive, the first time I got to look at it, she'd hidden it from both of her husbands. It was amazing. If, if dividend-paying stocks and corporate credits over 50 years, you can't find an index that beats that. And so when I started to do some research, I found out one interesting fact that changed my investment philosophy forever. Over the last 40 years, 51%, or, sorry, over the last 40 years, 71% of the market's returns came from dividends, not capital appreciation. So rule one for me is I'll never own a stock that doesn't pay a dividend, ever. 
Number two, diversification really matters. So I never want to own more than 5% in any one name, and you know that really works when you go through periods like 08, 09, we have volatility in sectors. And number three, when you start to look at capital for multi-generations, you want preservation. So I thought I'd go to the ETF market to solve for it, and I found out something very interesting that I think others have found out recently as well. The first generation of ETFs are market cap weighted indices. So over time, when companies grow their market cap, they become an inordinately large piece of the index. And if I have a covenant of 5% market cap weight in any one name, most of these ETFs I can't use because you get four or five names represent 40, 50, 60% of the index. Sure. So I went to the FTSE Russell guys and said, look, my rules are simple. Can you give me a new index that meets my 5% market cap weighting, 20% in sector, but above all, lower vol, and I want 50% more yield from the index than the generic index. Can you design something like that for me? I have a fair amount of capital put to work. I thought that these rules would be, be of interest to other investors. That was the genesis of O-shares. We created something new for the ETF market. It's a new generation. You know, one of the things you're speaking about is preservation of capital, companies that pay dividends. So much excitement and buzz around the stock market during periods like we've been in for the past few years goes to the other side of things, the really hot stocks, the things that run up by crazy amounts. Um, this sounds to me like your strategy is going to avoid the distraction of worrying about when the Ubers of the world will come public and how Facebook stock is doing. You're in a very kind of, you know, you know your corner and you're sticking to it and it's been successful for you in the past so that's why you're continuing with it, right? Yeah, I, th I think there's other reasons too. You know, um, if you look at the volatility in the market around names that don't pay dividends, they're extremely volatile because there's no cushion of yield. What's, what's the value of a stock that never returns capital to its shareholders? I don't know because the only way you can make money is if somebody else is willing to buy that position at a higher price for some emotional reason perhaps or for some you know, foresight that maybe the company will return capital one day. And I think of you know, what, when you learn as an investor over multiple decades is the only thing that matters is free cash flow. That's it. There is no other reason to own a stock. And with that philosophy, it brings you into a place where you focus on a company's ability to generate incremental cash flow. Because just owning a dividend paying stock is not good enough. Because, you know, let's say we find a stock today that's paying a 3% dividend yield, and tomorrow, because its forecast for sales get cut in half, the stock drops by 50%, now it's yielding 6%. I don't want to own that stock either. So my tests in this index that I've you know, created with FTSE Russell looks at the balance sheet. Every year we test to make sure that the company is viable in its ability to generate cash. This is extremely conservative investing. This is for the long haul. These tools are not for, as you're suggesting, for spicy, you know, the hot stock du jour. I've done that, I've been there. You know, let the young legs do that. <laughs> I have zero interest in that. I don't care what the hot new stock is. You know, when, when, a, when a company comes public, I won't own it either. It's got to prove to me over multiple years that it can continue to generate cash before it even fits into what I'm doing. 
So I'm really boring, and I like it that way. So a great company doesn't necessarily have to equal a great stock. They can be two very different things from your perspective. There's many companies where I buy their products and services, I would never touch their stock. <laughs> so, you know, it's sort of, we're talking about r real money here, the stuff that you need to preserve. You know, when I think about my family trust, I can't afford to mess around with that. I'm guessing it came from your mother, but what would you say was the best piece of financial advice or business advice you ever got in your long, lengthy career? When I was seven and my brother was five, she would take us to the bank with her, um, you know, to because that's where you would buy bonds back in those days. You could actually buy the certificate mm -hmm. with the coupons every six months. You'd clip them off. She'd say to us, boys, never spend the principal, only the interest. I had no idea what she was talking about. That's all I do today. You, in my world, you never touch your principal. You adjust your spending habits, your gifts to charities, your use of capital based on how much you can generate from your portfolio. I view my portfolio and my trust and my positions as a chicken on a spit dripping cash. Everything has to generate yield, whether it's a fixed income position or an equity. It has to, it, the only reason it can be in my world is generating capital back to me. I take that, I disperse it. The family lives off that, the charities I've committed to. Um, so I'm always looking for a company that can help me with my problem of generating more yield. Everything that, I mean, I can't even imagine buying a stock that doesn't pay a dividend. Why would you do that? What would be the reason you would do that? I, I don't get it. So to me, that means about 28% of the, of the market, to me, is just speculation. A stock that doesn't pay a dividend is a speculation. It's not an investment.